Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I have always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Feng Shui Master Marie Diamond. Marie has been teaching Feng Shui and the Law of Attraction for decades now, and she was also featured in the runaway blockbuster spiritual movie, The Secret. And Marie and I had this fantastic conversation about Feng Shui, about the Law of Attraction, and about how to succeed in life. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show Marie Diamond. Hey, Marie. Hi, I'm great. Looking forward to talk to you today, Alex. Yes, it's been a pleasure. I mean, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I saw you at a Mind Valley event year a few years ago in in Los Angeles, and I loved your presentation. I uh, I then, of course, moved my desk to face the door uh, mm-hmm. instead of having my back to the door, and yeah. uh, and things have done. It's it's going well. I have to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll talk about all, what that means in a minute. But uh, before we get started, I just recently found out you had uh, an event happen to you when you were 15. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that event and what happened to you then? Yeah. So when I was 15, um, I grew up in Belgium. Uh, and I was uh, in Belgium. People take the the bikes to go to school. So um, I was coming back from school when I was run over by a truck and I was actually declared dead. So they already put a fabric over me and um, they put me in the ambulance at that moment because my mom was very close to where we where the accident was. Somebody had gone to look for her and she started screaming and asked to resuscitate me but I was already gone so I was literally hovering over my body seeing my mother there that I thought was very weird um, because she was not with me when I had the accident and I went to the other side and I literally went to a space where there were like beings of light and and I got a message that I was here to enlighten more than 500 million people and I had to go back so I went back into my body. Um, a, cu- a couple of days later, I went, you know, I woke up. And um, that's from that moment on, I had my purpose. I knew what I had to do here. <clears throat> but I had I had physically died. Yeah. So did you so did you did you go through any life review or speak to anybody on the other side? Or was it, or it was just that yeah. message? No, there were beings of light and there was this one being that was telling me like telepathically I was getting that message. Um, But I didn't get like a life review. I mean, I was only 15 and I have to be honest, my life hadn't done a lot in 15 years. (laughs) My life just started at that time, you know. 
Fair, fair, fair enough. And yeah. that that moment, that event probably shaped the rest of your life, obviously. Yes, it did. Because after that accident also, I had a lot of problems with memory. And so I had to really kind of study again. And I had a very hard time being from a straight A student, becoming a straight F student. And um, I learned to meditate very intensely. I already knew some meditation before, but I really learned to really try to reprogram my mind because I I needed to heal my mind because I I couldn't study very well. And um, I was very depressed. So I had to like, you know, find a new way to to live my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I would say my intuition became very strong by then practicing a lot, a lot of hours of meditation. Um, So yeah, I would say without that and without knowing my vision, that what I was here for, I probably would have done something else with my life than what I do now. And were you spirit? Were you very spiritual prior to your uh, event? Yes, the event? I was. I was very. You know, I come from a Catholic background, right? So I was very religious, but also very spiritual. I was praying a lot. Um, I already, as a child, I could see energy. So I could see chakras and aura fields. I didn't know what it really meant at mm-hmm. that time. But um, I was already very much in tune with God. Like I was very, very, I mean, for that age, I was very, very religious. Like, but I did not know what to do with it, right? And um, and I would say from that moment on, I would ask every day, um, I am here to enlighten more than 500 million people. Show me how. God, show me how. Universe, show me how. I had no idea what that freaking meant, to be honest. That's a fairly, that's a fairly large mission. You know, you're like, it is. It's a huge mission. What I have accomplished already by being in the secret and being in so many movies and, you know, have reached millions of people. But um I had no idea. So I had to find a way. And I I kind of felt that God, the universe was putting like breadcrumbs on my path and I just had to follow it. Yeah. And, and trusting it, you know, I learned to trust that it will be revealed. I didn't know what it meant, but I trust enough the message that I came back from the dead, literally um, in a physical body um, to, to do something with it. Otherwise, why was I here again? You know. So, so my so that's very interesting. I just want to go back to what you said. You said you trust, and you, you just trust that things will unfold the way they needed to. There's yeah. so many of us listening right now that that is extremely difficult to do. Now, obviously, not all of us have a spiritual near death experience that really solidifies why we're here. Someone literally gave you like, "Hey, this is what you're here to do. Go yeah. do it." Most of us don't get that that blessing. So it's hard to trust. Can you give any advice to people listening on if they're in a wall or hitting a wall in their life of of what they're trying to do or attempting to do to find their mission, to trust that the universe will unfold the way it needs to in their best interest? Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I I was given a blessing by receiving it. Yeah. Um, And I've spoken, you know, over the years with thousands of people asking me that same question, that same question. Like, I don't, I don't have like this thing happening to me or somebody telling me 
like this is what you're here for. And I always say like, I believe every soul is here to really make a difference. But that difference can be their family, can be career-wise, can be for the community. We just don't know, right, what it is. But we can ask. We can ask every day, um, you know, let this mission, this vision unfold in my life. Let it become clear. So you can ask for clarity about it, even if you are not knowing what it was. So I had to ask the how, because I did not know the how, but I already knew what it was. Some people know the how, but they don't know what they're doing it for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we just can ask. And I the power of asking, you know, the, uh, the power of asking from your heart, without expecting right away an answer, but allowing the answer to come, yeah? So it's just like ask the question and then say to the universe, and I allow to receive it. I'm open to receive it, yeah? Because if we then, if we just ask and we just like, yeah, I want to know, but we're, we're already in that moment of stress. Like, I want to know, like we're already in a, a controlling experience at that moment. But if you say, I'm open to receive the answer, then you're doing it from your heart and you don't put stress or pressure on it. Then I'm telling you, the universe will guide you to the book, to the teacher, to a dream, to a conversation, to an, a podcast um, or, you know, something that will help you to get to know and like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. This is who I am. This is what I'm bringing. But be open to receive the answer. Very, very good. So when you obviously had a mission and you 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 had marching orders, uh, but you didn't I, know what but you didn't know what they were. So how yeah. did you find the line of work that you're in now? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Well, it's really interesting. Um, you know, at that time, I had no idea what to do with that. Like, did I have to do a career with this? I mean... I I was in Belgium, like there was no no things like self-help, self-improvement, you know, books did not exist. So I had at that moment, I thought like, how can I reach millions of people and improve their lives? And at that moment, I thought like, what if I become a diplomat? Yeah, what if I start working with the United Nations? What if I become a politician and I'm able to change laws? And so that's why I, I studied a law and did international law and also became a criminologist because I wanted to understand um, not just the law, but I want to understand the most when people are in the weakest or the most vulnerable or the most difficult of their experience and they choose the wrong path, you know, how does that unfold? Like I wanted to, to grow my compassion yeah, and that's why I studied this information and studied a lot of psychology and psychiatry. And I was just like, I was so interested. I was studying like literally nonstop till I was like 28 years old. And and I became an international lawyer working for the governments, Belgium and then Europe. And after a couple of years, I was like, I did a lot of great projects and changed a lot of things. But I didn't feel 
it it was a change of the heart. It was like a change of the mind that I did mentally. I changed things, but I felt like something from the heart didn't change in people's. When I I changed something in politics, for example, mm-hmm. it's not the heart that is very much involved there, right? So that is when I was like 31. Um, after having my first baby, I was like, I, I kept receiving to set up a spiritual center. Now, I didn't know that that existed already, or so I just started. I just followed the guidance that came in my dreams, that came in my meditation, and I set up a spiritual center. And I started teaching my meditations that I had received. I had, meanwhile, at 26, I had an enlightenment experience. So I... I had some experiences and I wanted to share that and I got some exercises and I shared it with people. And before I knew it, I had thousands of people taking my classes in a small country in Belgium. And then after a while, I was like, after a couple of five years, like, if I want to reach millions of people, Belgium is too small. <laughs> so, you know, I just decided to immigrate to America. And I started from from nothing there. I didn't you know, and there I found out there were other people teaching and some people said, but Marie, we have a plenty of people like you. We don't need you. And I thought, like, well, you know, perhaps I have something different to share. You know, meanwhile, I already had started teaching feng shui. I had studied feng shui with a feng shui master because I already practiced this, some parts and principles since I was 15. And so I started bringing uh, feng shui and meditation together. and. Um, and that's how things started unfolding when I moved to America. So you said you had an awakening experience or an enlightening experience. Uh, what was that? Can you just share that really quickly? What, what was your enlightenment experience? I mean, when you when you say things like that in a conversation, I'm going to ask, how, what kind of enlightenment conversation did you have, Marie? <laughs> well, yeah, it was um, it was a very interesting. Um, I was 26. I was a lawyer, right? And um, I was guided to go to um, a place where they did Tibetan um, gongs. So there was like a Tibetan um, tradition and they they would like play Tibetan bowls and Tibetan gongs around my body when I was like in meditation. And at that moment when that happened, I went totally out of my body and I traveled like beyond dimensions, like I traveled beyond the earth, beyond the Milky Way till I became in a total place of total silence, like the void. There was like nothing. But out of that nothing, suddenly light appeared and sound appeared. And like I started seeing how galaxies were created and I was the galaxy. I saw how planets and stars were created and I was every star and I was every planet. And I saw souls being created and I became every soul. And then I saw ultimately the earth and I was the earth. And so there was like this whole experience of um, totally becoming the universe. And I was the universe. And when I came back into my body, I for me, the experience felt like it lasted five minutes because it was like so quick. Yeah. And but I knew when I came back in my body, I will be never the same. Yeah, that was like very clear to me. I will never be the same. And then I asked the people that had been working on me, like, and they were like, 
for two hours, you were like snoring. <laughs> right. But they couldn't touch my body. They were like, there was so much energy going on in my body that this, this man that was doing this as a Tibetan monk said, I couldn't touch your body. We had all to step away from your body. Your body was such a, 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 a cluster of energy. And um, so they knew that something major was happening with my body. But for me, it was just like a blink of a time, blink of a second. That was how fast it was. Yeah. So uh, but from uh, that moment on, everything changed for me. Yeah. So you, I have the title of your next book, Snoring to Enlightenment. I think that yeah, would. I, love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's I'm a bestseller. A note of that. I'm making Make a note. a note of it. It's free to use. Snoring your way to enlightenment. I think the Marie, Di- <laughs> Marie <laughs> Diamond story. I'm telling you, it's going to be huge. <laughs> well, my, my husband will be happy to hear that because he's always still saying I'm still snoring. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're just Going back into enlightenment. That's all that is. I am That's I'm enlightened right. every night, apparently, according to my wife. I'm enlightened yes. constantly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you meant so you mentioned feng shui, uh, you know, that's a term that was it's been thrown around a lot. Can you explain to people what feng shui is and how it works? Yeah. So feng shui is first of all, it's an energy system that is for thousands of years around in China. And it's actually built on the same principles as we know acupuncture, yeah, as uh, Tai Chi and Qigong. So it's all about moving the qi, moving the energy, because feng shui means literally wind energy and water energy. But as we look at the body and we know there are some blockages from qi, from energy, then the acupuncturist will put acupressure or it would put a needle. But if you look at the home as a body, then we're actually using same principles to move the energy in a house and to create for the house more wealth, more success, for the, uh, the people living in the house, more better relationships, better health, we will place some things, not needles, and we don't put acupressure, but we use colors, we put certain things in a positioning. So we can see the body also as a a place of acupuncture. And um, this is actually traditions that till the 1950 were very much known only in uh, China, uh, with some exceptions of uh, like the time of Peter the First, uh, Peter the Great in Russia, and Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King in uh, France, they use some of the feng shui principles for their castles. But for the rest, I would say it was quite um, contained to China. And only in the 1950s, the information started being brought out beyond China to uh, places like Singapore and Hong Kong and Taiwan and and Malaysia, because some of the feng shui masters left China at that point. And so they start sharing this information. So for me, when I started connecting in with feng shui was when I was 15 and I had gone through this experience, I already had a spiritual mentor on my path since I was quite young. And I had asked that mentor, you know, what did I do wrong? Like, why did I attract this accident? And this mentor told me, like, Marie, you have bad feng shui. And I was like, what's that? You know, never heard of that term 
remember Catholic <laughs> country, Belgium, they don't talk about feng shui. And um, so he said, like, it's the place where you live has an influence or the place where you sleep has an influence on your brain waves, has an influence on how you feel. And I slept in a room that I, I hated that room. I felt really very bad. I had a lot of nightmares there. So I was my life was not in a good place. I was bullied at school, beaten up. Uh, had no friends. Um, I was a good student, but that was all. Yeah. And so that's why I think I did not have a live review when I died because it was not a great life. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair so enough. I was definitely, you know, I was in a very emotional and physical abusive um, household. So it was not fun to live. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And so then I moved into another place. So I asked my parents if I could move to another bedroom. I painted another color, start creating something that was more aligned with what I wanted. And my life started shifting, like literally. And I was like, oh, so I started understanding that your home is actually a reflection um, of what you want or is a reflection of what you have created in the past. So I call this the law of attraction of your home. And so when I started studying with my feng shui grandmaster, he told me there are three aspects of law of attraction. And the first one is your soul comes to this planet in this vessel and has a certain law of attraction in place. Like you have a purpose, you have some talents, perhaps some challenges. So you come already with a basic law of attraction package that I would call your karma or your dharma or your destiny. And so you're born someplace with certain parents and, you know, there's there's something basic, right? And um, can you change that? Yes, if you move to another country or you... Um, you say like, well, I'm changing gender, you're changing some of that energy, right? So um, you also have a second aspect of the law of attraction, and that is your human aspect. And that is how you think, how you feel, and what you do. So the self-improvement world is really talking about that. It's like you can change your mindset, yeah? If you change your mindset, you change your law of attraction. If you change your, how you feel about things, like instead of being angry, you'll be grateful and joyful, then things move in another direction. And so you will attract something different. If you take uh, good actions or you are lazy, don't do anything, well, your law of attraction will change, right? So that's the second part. Now, I learned that the third part of uh, the law of attraction is your environment and not the environment just from having the people around you, but literally where you live, sleep and work. And that the, the rules and the principles of that were actually found thousands of years ago by Chinese shamans that understood and could see probably the chi, the energy, not only on the body, but also around people where they were living. And they start seeing if we do certain things, then the energy is optimized and there's more harmony and there's more wealth and people feel better. That is what feng shui ultimately has um, been the energy system to change the last part of the law of attraction. And I always say your home is like a three-dimensional vision board. Yeah. So everything around you is affecting you 
um, literally, it's like a message that is sent to you. It's like a story. So the question is, what's the story of the space around you? How is that affecting you? Like I look at your space and there are some things that are, you know, the word awake. Yeah, that's uh, Tibet, Tibetan traditions there, the word love. So you are sending some messages to you. Yeah. Um, to yourself and, of course, to your listeners also. Right. right. Um, but there is all this. We are there 24 hours a day. We're in an environment, eight hours when we sleep, eight hours when we live, have a social life and eight hours where we work. Yeah. So that is all the time influencing us on the subconscious level. So, I mean, I know that the, there's power within colors and things like that. So like if, if I painted this room red, you know, blood red, it's going to have an effect on my on an energy. That's why. Uh, I, I think it was, uh, I, I think they started doing this on a psychological standpoint. They started painting uh, jail cells in pink. They yes. found that it calmed, there was less fighting, less, if everything was in pink for whatever reason. Yes. Well, pink stands actually for tenderness, for right. loving energy. Yeah. Um, they actually already 100 years ago, they started understanding if they painted um, you know, uh, hospitals and psychiatry areas and prisons green, yeah, that people would actually calm down also because these people are inside, yeah, and they're missing nature. So by having the green energy, you actually balance more and you connect more with your your heart, first of all. And so, because it's also the green chakra. So they have seen there's certain colors that do influence psychologically, but there's a whole range of that. And of course, if you, for example, do red all around you, you will not sleep very well. Like if you would have a red bedroom, right. you will not sleep because first of all, you're like in an alert system when you see red, yeah? Now red can be a great activator. Like if you do certain red objects, it's all about passion. So it's a great color. But if you would have it constantly, because red stands for fire, yeah? And so subconsciously, we're all the time in fire. So if you are all the time surrounded by fire, you will not sleep. Yeah, you will be on alert, yeah? The same with blue. If people would have blue all around them, then subconsciously we connect in with water. And if you're surrounded by water, let's say you're in, um, in the sea, you will not fall asleep in the sea because you will drown. So these are the two colors, red and blue, that we don't want in a bedroom as main color. Then now there was another thing that one of the main principles, because I, I did study feng shui a bit when I was in my 20s, because when I bought my house, I was like, well, I need to design this house somehow. So yeah. I feng shui the entire house. Uh, and the one thing I understood was mirrors in the bedroom are not good. And I don't yes. know about anyone listening, I and mean, you could tell me about mirrors in general, but if you were surrounded by mirrors in a bedroom, just let's say literally wall to ceiling mirrors, or even just one big wall or wall in a closet, there's something, it's very unsettling. It's not, yeah. a, it's not an, a good energy. Can you explain why? Well, you know, a mirror reflects whatever it sees. Yeah. So if you're in a bedroom and you have a mirror, it reflects the person sleeping. 
If you're sleeping by yourself, you're doubling the loneliness. If you're with two people, you're doubling the, the people in the bedroom. But also you're doubling the aura field, the, the frequencies of the body. And so when people are sick and there's mirrors, it doubles the sickness. So interesting enough, some um, studies have been done in China about mirrors. And they have seen people sleeping in a room with mirrors. And even a television can be a mirror, by the way that they have seen the um, the white blood cells increase, the blood pressure increases, yeah? So there's more inflammation in the body. And so it is actually because we have in our mind something called the mirror neurons. So we are reflecting, but it's actually reflecting constantly. So we wake up and we let's be honest, when we wake up, we don't look the greatest in the morning, right? So... Um, some people are okay, but some people are like, oh, I don't look I look fantastic. I don't know what you're talking I about, Marie. I look fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, but let's be honest, we look, you know, hey, not the right. yet, We're sleeping. Right? Yeah. We're sleeping. And so we are receiving that. But also you go to bed and you're stressed and you're, so you're reflecting that all the time. You're magnifying all this energy. And so a mirror is a great thing to hang in places where, for example, in restaurants, because you want double the food, like in a dining room, it's great. Doubling the food is always great. Doubling people that are active and having fun and enjoying themselves in a restaurant, you have to have for sure mirrors reflecting the people because you will double the income, double the happiness. But in a bedroom, because you're so so calm and silent most of the time, yeah, you are actually are you are doubling the 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 night energy and so we never want that yeah but there have been studies um about that and that's the first thing i always say when people are, are by themselves and they have health issues make sure you are not reflecting yourself at night there was um when i when i saw your talk in mind valley uh, you 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 gave a couple of stories which i want to have you repeat here in this conversation cuz they're great but there was a client of yours that ha- that was he kept telling you he's like i can't find love i can't find love and you went to their house and there was yeah. a certain painting that was on the wall constantly and you're like well there's the answer can you talk a little bit about that conversation yeah we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor Now back to the show. So, you know, when um, the images around you are actually reflecting back to you. So this this person had um, literally an image of um, a lonely woman that was like looking away. Yeah. From him. And he was like, literally was like, oh, I'm not interested in you. Right. I tell the story also in The Secret in the movie I'm in. And um, so I said to him, how, how is it going? He said, well, to be honest, people are just, um, they're setting me up with blind dates because no woman is interested in me. And he's a gorgeous looking guy. He's a, a, a film director, right? I mean, literally, if I would have been by myself by that, at that time, not married, I was going to be interested in that guy. He was gorgeous. And so, but he's like, women are turning away from me. Like, so I asked him to take that, uh, to take these images away. So if you are looking for romance, don't have single uh, images of single people, yeah, or statues around you, because you're actually giving yourself permission to stay single, 
Yeah. So I asked him to draw something that's more romantic because he created himself. So add things around you, what you desire, not the things where you are at at this moment. Yeah. So and things start shifting so quickly for him and attracted the right person because he gave himself now permission to fall in love. So like in a bedroom, you should, you know, have if you're with a, if you're married, images of you having fun uh yeah. loving images uh yeah. your family and your children those kind of loving images to you know bring yeah. up that kind of energy right For sure but be careful don't put too many children pictures right. in your bedroom either right so focus on your relationship your romantic relationship because i had women saying well i have pictures of all the children and i said so they're always sleeping with you. And it's like, how do you know? Like, yeah, because you tell them <laughs> this is the place to sleep. So yeah. be careful about that. Also in a bedroom, don't put too much uh, spiritual items. Like I have seen too many times people have too much Buddhas and, um, and crosses. Right. right. And I say like, you know, it it's okay to have something, but not like overwhelming. Yeah. You, you don't make love in a temple. Right. So. <laughs> Generally speaking, you don't want to make love and Buddha's looking at you with one eye like this. You like don't want yeah. that to happen, essentially. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so with this, so just looking at my set, the way I, I've built this thing, I have all the books are all spiritual books, uh, the word awake, the word love. I've got gurus and yogis meditating in a mountainside behind me. I have, you know, statues of Buddha and you know, Baba Ji and, and yogis, and I have the world there. Everything was very specific. I, I built this very specifically because this is the energy that I want to go out in my show. So this does this make sense to you? Yes, totally. Yes. But of course, you know, you can also go a little bit more personal, right? This is very general, right? Sure. So based on your birthday and your birth gender, you can actually find out in the space around you what is your success direction? So people can go and download my free Mary Diamond app mm -hmm. called the energy number. And then there they can look at what is their um, birthday and their gender. And they will be asked to put that in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it calculates. So it's all about the birth gender. So your number is an eight. Mm -hmm. So that means you're called the connector. Yeah. So you will see there are some directions that are good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your success direction is Southwest. And then you will be able to click on your compass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Diamond compass. And you will see Southwest. Yeah. Is your success direction and relationship direction is West for you. Health is Northwest and wisdom is Northeast. And so what you do is you hold the compass in the center of your room. Okay. Yeah. There you look, where is my success? So my success direction is actually behind me. Okay. I don't see it because I see the door. That's the first rule, always see the door. But what is behind me is actually some upcoming books, um, some of my major programs, my awards. Um, so um, some, some information about my companies. So I put something there. And then in my relationship direction, it's over there. I actually have images of all my top clients. I have a globe because I have global students, more than a million online. So um, I have some images there, also even an image of my family because my family supports me. So you can actually, that is what I call the acupuncture. 
Yeah. So you're going to use your home and you will look at your bedroom, at your office or workspace and your living area and see what is in my success energy in the good direction. So there are four good directions and there's some empty directions. Mm -hmm. The empty directions, they don't relate with you personally. And this is for the rest of your life. Yeah. So in the good directions, you always make sure you have no clutter, no garbage bin. Yeah. So you always place and activate certain things. And in the app, it, it gives you explanations. Yeah. There's some free videos that you can look into that to help you with that. And then as you activate that, it's like you are bringing in one third of your law of attraction. So I don't know from your space right now what you have, which direction that is for you. So you will need to download the app, hold it in the center and see, for example, your Tibetan monks yeah, with, uh, with Tibet. Mm -hmm. Let's say that would be in your wisdom direction. Yeah, that is perfect. But if that would be in your relationship direction, yeah, then you're saying, well, I'm hanging out with monks in a monastery. That's not a great idea for romance. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, so you start, start looking at things and become aware of it. Yeah. So in my bedroom, in my relationship direction, I have a picture of my husband and me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would not put a picture there of me and my students. I don't want my students to come in my bedroom, right? But a picture of me and my students, I will have in my office, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So this is how you can look at personalizing your feng shui um, and, and start implementing what we just shared. That's that's really really wonderful information. Uh, you said the facing the door, which is I I know what this is, but I would love for you to explain it to people because so many people, especially workspaces, they have their back to the door. Uh, right. They have their desk, you know, in a in a in a aesthetically pleasing arrangement in the room, but not arranged well for your feng shui or for your energy. So can you explain the difference? What what how why it's important? Yeah, so the first rule is to be in a power position. Yeah, and so a power position means you always want to see the energy coming in from the door that you would use yourself to come into the door, into the room. Yeah, so there's perhaps a, a room to the bathroom, but that's not where you would walk in from the hallway from the rest of the place. So you always sit yourself this way because when you do that, you are actually opening up your energy and your vibration will go to the frontal cortex. When we're in the frontal cortex, we are more in alpha brainwaves. We are more optimistic. We are more um, creative and solution-driven. When we are with our back to the door, our energy goes to our reptilian brain and we go into fear-based energy and in beta. And literally when we're with our back to the door, we don't see who comes in, even if nobody comes in and if it's just your dog walking in once in a while, right? So you're literally closing yourself off from the incoming energy. That means you will close yourself off from solutions. You will focus more on the past instead of on the future. And you will also not see the opportunities that are coming to you. So that's the first rule we always say to people, any space you're working, make sure you see the door. So I'm sitting here, I see the door. So it's like in that peripheral view, mm -hmm. I see the door, yeah? So if the door is on the sides or behind you, 
that's not good. So you always sit more in a weaker position. I would say, like, think about the president of the United States in the Oval Room. He sits and sees all the doors, yeah? So think about a king or a queen or a CEO of a president of a company. They will put themselves up so that when somebody comes in, they would see the door. If you're not seeing the door, you're like a receptionist. You're like not so important. So always set right. yourself up as being the king and the queen or the president of your own space. Now, for a lot of people listening to this, you know, this this might sound woo-woo and all this kind of like this is sound, this is a little odd. But the the art of feng shui has been around in China for thousands of years and has been yeah. used and has been tested. And I mean, buildings and complexes and neighborhoods are built on the principles of feng shui there. So there has to be something that a billion people believe in it. So something has to be there at this point, correct? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Yeah, that is correct. And so it's not just only in China. You know, there's a lot of big companies also that um, hire me, for example, or other feng shui masters to help them to when something is off uh, or the personnel has issues um, or, you know, they have safety problems or just the financial things don't go well. You know, it's like celebrities and politicians and governments I've even worked with, you know, they probably won't say it so publicly, but, you know, at a certain point, they're like, yeah, we need some help and we don't know what is going on. Can you please come in and support us with this? So it's a very ancient um, information. I I was like somebody that loved that so much and I wanted it to go to everyone. Like my big thing was like, I want everybody to know this information. So for me to use that and then get, make sure there's a lot of free information out there for people to use, for example, through an app, you know, on the YouTube, like wherever I can. So, so for people to know that some simple shifts that you can do, right, that have such a huge impact. And I always say, if I would not have practiced this, I would never have been in the secret. I would have never reached millions of people with my work. I mean, I was just, you know, a girl from Belgium, right? That had an accident at 15, right? But I was using this information constantly. And I have seen so many amazing shifts happening in people because a lot of people try so hard to make the best of their life, to have a positive mindset, to um, be more grateful. But if you can just with simple things and what the the super wealthy are using, by the way, right? That this information I give you here for free, they know setting themselves up in their space gives them a better control over life. They are more open to receive the wealth that they're looking for. And so these are simple techniques but they were aware for so long and around for so long. And now it's time that all the Western world knows about it. Yeah. And, in, and at the end of the day, you know, everyone listening, you know, why not try it? Yeah, try it. Like it's not going to hurt. Like no. move your desk in your office to have it face there. Some subtle stuff. You don't have to go all in. You don't have to go crazy. But even if these subtle things, you know, ideas that, 
uh, Marie's talking about in, in her books and in her work, why not try it? it? It doesn't hurt. You know, it's not like a, you know, taking a pill. Like, you know, it's like, just give it, a, just give it a shot to see if it works. Cause it has, you know, elements of, of feng shui has worked in my life without question. And it's, it's always fascinating to see when you start thinking about these things, when you become conscious about these things, how things do change in your life, which brings me to, you were mentioning celebrities. I love your story about the the little gold man. Uh, can you talk about the, the director that you, you were focusing uh, on yes. this little gold man and there's this, yeah. uh, this young and up and coming director that you went to go work with. Can you talk about that story? It's a fascinating story. Yeah. So, you know, um, when I came to America, I wanted to connect in with uh, being in a movie, you know, or the movie industry. So I got myself a little fake Oscar, a golden Oscar statue, and I put it in my success direction. Yeah. So this for me, it's a Southwest, the same as yours. So I put it in the Southwest of my office. And within a month, uh, the first Oscar winning client called me out of the blue. And so over the years, I had Oscar winning clients coming to me, but always they had one Oscar. And I always say their Oscar was much heavier than mine because mine was fake, theirs was real. And then one day I woke up with the idea like, you know what? It's really interesting. I only attract people with one Oscar, but I don't get people with more Oscars. This is first so world. I, this is first world problems, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely first world problem. Only one Oscar. I'm tired Only of just the one Oscar winner. Right. Yes, I need right. a multiple Oscar winner at this point in my That's life. That's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I bought two extra Oscars and um, fake Oscars, of course, and I put the three out. And that was on a Tuesday morning, and. Um, the Thursday from that week, I get a phone call from somebody saying, "Out of the blue, um, I'm a you know personal assistant of a, a top celebrity. They want you to come and do the feng shui of a property." And I said, "Okay, but um, who is it? Oh, we don't want to mention it." But I said, "Okay, um, give me who referred you." So they told me the referral, and I said, "Okay, I'll trust it." So I go there, and so. Um, I'm getting to the property of Steven Spielberg, yeah? And so um, so they asked me to look at his office and I look at his office, can't find any Oscars. I'm like, that doesn't make sense, right? Then I'm invited to his personal home and uh, there I see his three Oscars and I'm like, oh, um, this is interesting. He has three Oscars. At that moment, he had three, right? He has more now, but um, I said, can you tell me why did you call me and when did you thought about me? Well, last Tuesday afternoon, so Tuesday morning, I put the three Oscars out. Last Tuesday afternoon, we start talking about you to a friend of us and we know about you for four years. And suddenly we thought like, it's time to get Marie Diamond in, you know? <laughs> but the thing was, I set the tone to the universe. Like, hey, I'm ready for three Oscars. And then the three Oscar person said that's yes amazing. to me. So that's how I got Steven Spielberg as a client. <laughs> that was, that's amazing. Yeah, that's such a great, a great story. Um, can you, can you talk about clearing a space? What is that exactly? Yeah. Well, clearing a space can be on, on many levels. The first one is the physical level. Literally, what is around you is affecting you. We know that already. So if you have chaos around you, 
then don't be surprised. Your mind has a hard time to be focused and concentrated. So if you have like a desk and there's all these papers and books around, then, or you're on, on your nightstand, you look at your nightstand, there's all these books. I don't know. I've seen everything on nightstands from socks to, to tax bills, by the way. So it's like, it affects you because it's in your aura field. It's in your energy field. So the first thing is it's always physically clearing the space. Yeah. So let go and organize your stuff. The second thing is the energy around you, right? Sometimes the energy is quite heavy because perhaps you have been worrying a lot in that space. Perhaps there has been a lot of trauma um, or you felt a lot of conflicts there. Um, so, you know, there can be like a heaviness in the space. And then we want to clear that. And the first way to clear this, open the windows. Literally, let's bring in some fresh air. But you also can help to clear it with, for example, um, adding lavender, like lavender mist. Yeah, you spray that around. It brings up the energy. And of course, there are some specific uh, rituals. Some people will love to ring a bell or do some saging, whatever you like to work with. I love lavender mist, so I will spray always lavender and work with essential oils because I love uh, beautiful smells. Um, and that can just feel like so much lighter to be in that space, more in harmony. It can be also uh, putting a beautiful candle, right, with the aromatic oils that just creates a, a new space. But it, it's also good to do that regularly, to clear your space, not only physically decluttering, but also bringing in some new energy in the space, that, especially where you sleep, where you work. Now, this is the question that everyone listening wants to know. How can I bring more money and wealth into my life? Yeah. Well, the first step is your entrance. Yeah. So the entrance of your home is actually, we call that the mouth of money. It's where the money comes in, literally. Money doesn't come in through the windows. Right? It comes through a door. It follows your energy. So make sure your entrance is feeling decluttered there's some beautiful items out there add some gold items because gold is a color of money yeah it's the abundance color it's not the green dollar right we are in different countries we don't have green dollars so gold is really according to the chinese the element of wealth so place there something when you come in that you feel welcome Make sure there's not an old carpet there or broken things or Amazon boxes or shoes on the ground. Make sure it's open and welcoming. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. The second thing is check out your success direction. Yeah. Make sure that you have, it can be books on us, on money. It can be uh, success symbols around money, uh, images of people that have money, or, um, you know, something that represents money for you, put it in your success direction, in your, um, or even a vision board, for example, mm -hmm. where you have created, where you put some goals around money, you can put that in your success direction. But definitely in your office, Putting yourself in the power position will open up the flow to money. If you're with your back to your door, especially if you are sitting with your desk against a wall, 
you will actually hit a financial wall. It will be very hard for you to create money flow. So turn your desk around, see always the door. When you're in meetings with people, clients, make sure you see the door so that money can come towards you. And definitely work with a lot of gold. So if you have certificates or awards, put them in a gold-looking frame, put some golden items around you. I mean, I have always like my golden... <laughs> <laughs> water bottle <laughs> next to me right so just some golden energies around you changes the vibration yeah and decluttering you know decluttering all your your desk your closets declutter and open space for money to come in now um maria i'm gonna ask you a few questions ask all my guests um what is your definition of living a good life mm. Well, living a good life for me is living a life with passion, yeah, and gratitude. And I'm very passionate. I, can't I can see. I'm very passionate about what I'm sharing to people. Um, and it's from the morning till the evening. You know, I'm and, and, and it's midnight for me now. I'm talking, oh. so it's really till the evening. So I'm so passionate about what I'm bringing. And I think living um, a good life is when you have passion for something, yeah. And that you can share that passion, you know, with your family, with your friends, with other people, and be grateful for the fact that you are able to do that. I think that is, for me, a great life. Yeah. What is your definition of God? Mm. For me, God is everything. Yeah. I've, I believe everything that we see around us, every human being is God as an expression of it. Sometimes people have lost their way of being that feeling of God. But for me, it's it's a whole creation and everything we can create ourselves is also part of God. So, and for me, that is the, the energy behind, between and behind and around and everything is love. And for me, so God is the loving creation of everything. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? I think the ultimate purpose of life is to evolve. Yeah. Um, to have, so when you are born and when you are passing on one day, that your mind and your spirit has evolved to become a better human being, to have contributed positively to others, to your family, to your community, that you have helped others to evolve too. I think that, that is the ultimate purpose of life. And where uh, where can people find out more about you and the wonderful work that you're doing? Well, they can go to my website, mariediamond.com. They can go to Instagram, mariediamond8. And of course, go to my free app because there you get so much wonderful information to start with what you just have received. And there's great videos also on YouTube. And so just um, explore and start practicing. And do you have any final messages for our audience? Well, my final message is for your audience is that, you know, start your day with a moment of gratitude and end your day with a moment of gratitude. And because you're setting the tone, yeah, the tone of your day and the tone of your nights. And when you start doing that, your life will be so much more fulfilled. And I, I wish you all the greatness and all the blessings for your life. 
Marie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And thank you for all the good work you're doing to help people around the world. I appreciate you, my dear. Thank you so much, Alex. Also for the great work you're doing. You're a blessing to many. I want to thank Marie so much for coming on the show and sharing her knowledge with all of us. Thank you, Marie. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, including how to get access to her masterclass on feng shui, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 194. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.